came? You think you impress the rock when your music hits, all the lights go out, you got fire coming out of the post, fire shooting out of your ass, you got fire coming out of everywhere. And then all of a sudden, you're doing jumping jacks, you're happy because Kane can talk. The big red can finally speak. New Sports Desk. Well, Kane, The Rock says this. He's in a giving mood tonight. You come on out here. The Rock's got a little gift for you. He'll give you this microphone right here so you can talk in front of the millions of Rock's fans. Take your little voice gimmick, stick it to your throat, and say this. My name is Kane. And I am a Rudy Pooh candy ass. His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom. Who was on hey, Sports, man. Come on, man. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk. New sports desk. You're listening to the sports show. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Yeah! Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the sports desk episode 187. 187. Yeah. You don't know either. 87. You sure? 87. I think it's 86. <laughs> I think it's 86. Well, I think it's 87. Blacker, get us right in our own show where we don't know what number uh, episode this is. All right. So, welcome back to the Sports Desk. It's your guy one more time. 187, my boy. 187. Welcome back to episode 187. It's your guy, it's your man's. One more time, Desiree L. Hicks Jr., one half of your sportsologist. And remember, folks, acknowledge me. And this your man, Black. We are back once again. One of your favorite sports artists in the building, D. Let's get into it. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're coasting along. We are coasting along as we're getting closer and closer to football season. So we got a few topics that we're going to discuss today. We're going to preview the NFC South today. The NFC South is on the agenda. And we're going to take a little travel down to college football and preview the 2022 Oklahoma Sooners, okay? And then we're going to wrap this thing up with a little bit of fantasy league info. That's right, the Sports Decks Fantasy League will be back this year. I think this will be our fourth one or our third or fourth one. I think it's going to be our fourth league. This will be our fourth time. We always have a good time doing it. I have a little bit of uh, information on the league towards the end of the show. Black, how you doing, my guy? Doing swell, my guy, man. Beautiful day outside. What about yourself? It's cool, man. It's cool. Can't complain at all. Um, you know, here at the sports desk, we normally have something planned on the TV and I'm going to announce what we have planned on the TV while we're recording the show. So we are, uh, being entertained by the 2001 WWE pay-per-view SummerSlam. 
incredible matches. Stone Cold versus Kurt Angle for the WWE Championship. And The Rock made his return to pay-per-view as he faces the five-time, the five-time, the five-time WCW World Champion Booker T. All right, so it's a classic pay-per-view so i'll be running off what we are watching all you wrestling heads out there that have been showing us some love all right black let's go ahead and open up the show man so black we're going to open up with celebrating the life celebrating the legend celebrating the man bill russell the iconic beyond iconic figure passed away this past sunday at the age of 88 years old um Let's go ahead and just jump into a Bill Russell Black. And when you hear the two words, Bill and Russell, what are some of the things that come to mind for you, man? Uh, one of the greats. One of the greats to ever hold a basketball, 11-time champion. Uh, the MVP award is named after him of the NBA Finals. And um, just a, tr- uh, a trailblazer. And, you know, stood up for our people when times were rough, spoke out, and just led the way on, on a lot of fronts. When you talk about Bill Russell, he was, one of, uh, he was one of a kind when he was playing basketball. It was no one on the basketball court big as him, uh, taller than him, or potentially could play the game better than him. But um, it's, it's just a sad day that he's, he's gone. He's lived a long, long life. And to see the passing of him... It was it was a tough one, D, because he's one of those uh, iconic guys that trailblazes a lot of ways for our people and the things that he's done on the basketball court and off the basketball court as a head coach and everything he's done for the city of Boston. I know he's truly going to be missed there. Yeah, a uh, historic, a historical figure, a historical player, a historical man. All right, Bill Russell. The first thing I acknowledge is the man. Um, like Black said, Bill Russell was a representative of change, equality for the African-American community. It's no secret that he played in the city of Boston. And he had a famous quote saying that I don't play for the city of Boston. I play for the Celtics. Um, and he said that due to all of the vitriol, the racism and the hate that he dealt with, even while winning in Boston. Bill Russell always made it known that his loyalty is not to the city of Boston. It's to the Celtics organization. And as time went on, due to his legendary status and everything that he's done, Bill Russell uh, started receiving the proper respect and love, so to speak, from the city of Boston. But he was a part of a commission as a young player. Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, a lot of first African-American players um, that were in major leagues, baseball, basketball, football, you name it. And he was a part of that. Um, they wanted Muhammad Ali to go to the military and fight uh, f- for this country. And Muhammad Ali was opposed to doing that. And they stood their ground and he required Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, Jim Brown, like I said. And if you don't know about that story, go read up on it. If you don't want to read up on it, go watch some YouTube videos on it and just see how powerful a voice can be. Voices can be when people are using their platform. Bill Russell, of course, was an immense talent on the basketball court. 11-time world champion, the most decorated champion in American sports. No one else is more decorated than Bill Russell. 11 titles in 12 years. Nine as a player, two as a player coach. 
when the great Red Auerbach was too sick and too ill to continue his coaching career, they asked him who should proceed you in this position, and he said Bill Russell, the first of his kind, and we have not seen it since. The wizardry that he had in his mind for the game of basketball, the wisdom that he shared, too many greats from the past and many greats that came after him. He was a staple. He was something of a mythical fit, uh, a mythical factor, so to speak. Because when you think about him and you talk about him, it's like he was never a real. It's like he was never real. All of the tributes yesterday from all the star athletes, uh, President, uh, former President Barack Obama, um, just so many people showing uh, Bill Russell the right amount of love and respect that he is due. You know, as we get older, stuff like this starts to happen in our life. But with this one, yes, it is a sad day that Bill Russell is no longer here on earth. But his legendary status, his legacy, what he did for the communities, what he did for African-Americans, what he did for the sport of basketball will ring louder for years and years to come. His legacy will outlive his life. And you can't say that about a lot of people. Bill Russell is one of those guys. So rest in peace to the great, the iconic, the legendary, the needle mover, the, the shift changer. The man who wasn't scared. That's what I'll respect him and remember him first for. His basketball accolades and what he did in sports come a long distant second. Because if you know what he done in the community for African Americans, you wouldn't think about that first. You'll think about those things first. Rest in peace to the great Bill Russell. All right, man, we're going to move along in the show. Black, this past weekend, we retain, and we are still champion. WWE SummerSlam took place this weekend, and my match, the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns, is still the undisputed Universal Heavyweight Champ. Black, before we get to that match, the pay-per-view in itself, we all know what's going on. They have a shift change. Vince McMahon is no longer with the company. Triple H has taken over, has taken over as the lead head creative director of WWE. And Black, what were your thoughts on his first full show in that position? Oh man, it was a beautiful thing to watch. This was. This was one of my favorite uh, SummerSlams, man, in, the, in, in in a while. Like it had everything for you, but one moment that really stood out was uh, us us getting Bailey back, and then her bringing two nice talents from uh, NXT with her along to kind of booster that women's division. And that's what the women's division needed: some of that young talent they got in NXT to come on up. And thanks to Triple H for that, because I believe that's going to get very exciting. But He's done, a, he's done a marvelous job with, with SummerSlam D, and I'm looking forward to see what he's going to do moving forward. Fantastic event. I enjoyed it. They kicked off with Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. The match did not disappoint. Bianca in her hometown, right way to kick off the show. Unfortunately, uh, Becky Lynch suffered a separated shoulder and damage to her labrum, so Lynch is out. She is out indefinitely for several months due to the shoulder, and she will require surgery. So that is a tough blow for Becky. But 
Black, maybe you feel like how I feel. Becky's going away to come back to what we need her to be, and that is the man. Yeah. She had a good stint with this role. I respect the growth of her trying it out with another character, another style. And it worked to some degree. But we need the man back. How do you feel about when we get Becky back? Will we get her in that form? Oh, man. Once we get the man back, she goes back to my favorite woman's wrestler. You know, I, I, that's what made me fall in love with Becky was the whole thing with the man. I just loved it, man. You're talking about just like one of the best on the mic. I mean, just ruthless. I just loved everything about it. And, and to see the crowd react to Becky in those times when she was the man, it was, it gave you chills, D. It's been a lot of times I call you be like, bro, you watching this? Like how the, how the crowd respond to Becky Lynch? Like it's it, it's a beautiful thing to watch. But in, in the same sense, I believe they building something with these women. To get to, to get Becky put away, you know it's gonna have to be something great coming with Bailey coming back and then a group of women from NXT. Very excited to see what's gonna happen. Going to miss Becky, but I think we got something in uh, Triple H has something in store for this women's division, especially on Raw. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Other notable matches, man, on the card the Street Profits and the Usos got it in. Uh, probably one of the matches of the night. Um, great energy there between those two. We had the Mysterios uh, taking on the Judgment Day with the return of Edge. Um, a lot of people thought The Fiend was going to return, and I was telling people, I mean, you didn't talk about this, but I was telling people, like, that's not The Fiend. If you look at the montage, that's Edge, bro. He done cut his hair. They're trying to do a little promo. So I wasn't surprised that it was him that made the return. And, and it was cool. I think Edge is kind of too late in the game to be running heel the yeah. way he was. The Judgment Day, the Judgment Day thing was cool. I did really want to see where it was going to go. Rumor was that Edge and Vince McMahon clashed about where the faction was going next. And Edge wanted out of it. So that's why it ended so abruptly. So that was cool. But let's go ahead and get to it, baby. The main event, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. Last time ever for the Undisputed Universal Championship. Black going into this, we were kind of lukewarm on it, kind of in the middle, because we've seen these guys go at it so many times. But Black, was this the best match for Lesnar and Reigns in this last man standing match? Oh, by far. Yeah. By far, like, man. To get what we got, yeah, we was we got treated, yeah, we did to we did. a good match for for it to be the last match. We did, and man, I mean, pulling out all the stops, man. I mean, literally, it seemed like <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I honestly, it took me back to when we were younger, watching the Attitude Era. Yep. It took me back there to see Brock uh, bring the tractor out, and <laughs> I mean, just I, I love, and you said you spoke on this one time. I love the cowboy Brock. Yep. I love that how they how they using Brock and how they just made him this cowboy. And to see to see that man and the the match was amazing. To see Brock move the ring, I mean flip it up and and literally keep it there. The, the, the rest the, of the match. The rest of the rest of the match, they never got back in the ring after he lifted it up. Crazy. So man. it was it was amazing to watch, man. But the back and forth, back and forth. But like you said, Roman Reigns once again, you know, the tribal tree chief. He uh, re remains undisputed champion. Interested to see what happens moving forward, D. But very excited for Roman Reigns. Still proving that he is the top guy by far in the WWE. All of wrestling. He's the top guy. There's no one else. Fantastic match. Fantastic theater. Fantastic scenes. Lesnar was incredible. Reigns was incredible. 
the the Usos getting involved, Paul Ham getting F5 through the table was fantastic. Austin Theory with the money in the bank making it interesting was great. Just so many things. And I knew that it was going to take something dramatic to beat Brock and keep Brock down for 10 seconds. And that indeed took place. They literally threw the house on top of Brock to keep Reigns champion. I'm going to say this again. There's no one right now in the WWE suited to take the title off of Reigns. There's, there, he's not there. The one person that could build up enough cachet and energy where it could work is Cody Rhodes, but he is sidelined. There's no one available. And you know what? When guys hold the titles for as long as Roman Reigns has, eventually we get bored. Black, are you bored with Reigns' title reign? Um, I'm not bored. I'm just ready to see something different. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not bored with it. I'm just. I'm ready to see. Like things get shooken up a little bit. Why? I'm ready to see like something major come. Like that's why I called you tonight. We oh, were okay. watching and was like, man, is could we potentially get a rock sighting or something? They've been trying to build this thing low key up with him and Roman Reigns. Like, could we get something exciting? Even though that match was exciting, I think if they're going to continue to keep these belts on Reigns, they have to keep doing exciting things. Yeah, I, I'm not bored with it, and I, not just because I'm a super fan of Roman. I just like the, the the whole the faction, the we the ones, the Usos, the whole thing. It's not stale. It's something that's keeping a very nice flow. And you gotta think, Reigns is being treated as a prize fighter now, so he's not being thrown into matches where he could lose necessary steam. We were saying that we hadn't seen him. Where he been at? But then we ain't seen him in a couple of weeks, and we get this at SummerSlam. I'm straight. Mm-hmm. I'm straight. But he's gonna keep it in the gear. Going up against Drew McIntyre at the next pay-per-view. I can't think of the name of it, but it's over there in Wales, uh, across the pond. But great event. SummerSlam was fantastic. Shout out to Triple H. Looking forward to seeing how much momentum that he gains now that he is the head man at WWE with creative control. Okay, so all you wrestling heads out there, we're pretty sure that you guys appreciated that. Before we wrap up wrestling, Kurt Angle, the first ever Olympic gold medalist in WWE. Black, his documentary took place this weekend on A&E. And man, I don't know about you, but that was a hard one to watch. That was. That was. That was a hard one to watch. You got an opportunity to see the highs of Kirk right away, but didn't it feel like most of that documentary was about his lows? Yeah. What did you take from it, man? Yeah, man, and and this was really my first documentary seeing about Kurt, in- Kurt Angle since he retired and left wrestling. And man, it started off it started off really, really good. Don't get me wrong, the documentary was good. Fantastic. But it started off with a lot of highs, like showing, you know, his upbringing and um, him getting into his wrestling background and how dedicated he was, the things he did, like from running, what, three to four miles every yeah. single day and uh, the, the weightlifting and the, uh, some of the opponents he went up against that were way bigger and stronger than him and he, were, he was able to defeat when he was a wrestler in, in, in college and then going to the Olympics and winning gold medal and then getting into WWE and all the great things that he did because Kurt Angle, when he, for me, when he came to the WWF, it kind of was a change. We didn't know what to expect out of yeah, Kurt. Yeah. When we heard this music that we're listening to right now, we were like, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, who is this guy coming in? And then he came in the Attitude Era, and we're like, who is this guy? So we didn't never know what to expect for him, but Kurt 
always brung it when they, in any match he had anything. So I was happy they was able to portray that in a good light as well. But then, like you said, did you see the you seen the downs? You know all the situations with his sister, yeah, his man. sister passing drug overdose, and then his uh, his addiction to pills and yeah, being man. hurt. I never knew Kurt Angle had that many neck surgery in my life. Like if that was my son, I'm like son, please, like stop. That's a lot, D. And to try to keep going and get a little uh, fix here and there so you can get back in the ring because you're so dedicated. Like, it took a toll on him. And then, you know, being addicted to the the painkillers, you know, almost lost him his life and his family. You know, and that's just a sad thing to see. But as you see... As you see people who are not willing to give up on their family and what's important to them, he changed his life around and came back on the other end. And I was happy to see that, D. Now he's a, like he said, he's a, he's a girl's dad. He raises his girls and goes by life every single day. And I like to, I like to see that uh, Kurt Angle has overcome all those demons that he dealt with, along with, you know, dealing with his sister and then his addiction to the pills. It was a great thing to see, D. I love the documentary. Yeah, it was fantastic. Great insight, great outlook. WWE does a great job with these uh, biography documentaries that are running on A&E every Sunday right now, 8 o'clock p.m. on Sundays. But boy, uh, the addiction, I knew about it, but I didn't know it was to this extent and to this degree. Even the videos that they were showing, the live home videos when the man was literally unconscious on the sofa. Mm -hmm. I mean, just so much going on, man. Like... It was. It's a real remarkable story that Kurt Angle is even alive, and even with his family and doing all these things he, that he's that he is doing. Glad that he was able to overcome those demons. Rock said it best. The Rock was on the documentary. He said it best. Some people have it where they'll be able to turn the corner and really overcome this, and some people don't. And Kurt Angle's one of the lucky ones. But I want to highlight just how good Kurt Angle was in the ring. Sometimes to the not so normal fan he's not mentioned but I want to make a case that Kurt Angle is top 10 all time in his 6 to 7 years in the WWE no one had the stardom the ascension like he did the quality of matches like he did I mean the hop, the match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania I forgot about and I'm like how that match was fantastic the match against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 8, 18 how can you forget about that this dude was the first double champion, intercontinental European champion, in the first three months of his existence in WWE. Won the WWF champion his first full year. What a story. This dude is the one of the best athletic talents ever in the ring. You always talk about Shawn Michaels, Bret the Hitman Hart, Rey Mysterio. You talk about these, right now, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. You talk about all these guys who were just, just sickly athletic. But what about Kurt Angle? He was beyond athletic. And man, I was glad that I got reminded just how great, how great he was in those six years in the WWE, man. So shout out to Kurt Angle. Great job, WWE, on this documentary. Really, 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 really enjoyed that piece, man. You know, I always go back and watch him twice. So I look forward to going back and watch that one because I was really puzzled. The second half of that documentary, just all the stuff that this man had going on. Yeah. So, great stuff. Great stuff, once again, from the WWE. Shout out, Kurt Angle. All right, Black, we got a few more topics we're going to get into. Black, she came, (laughs) she saw, she conquered, and she reclaimed the lioness, the greatest 
female mixed martial artist of all time. Amanda Nunez defeated Juliana Pena this past Saturday at UFC 270-something. I forgot what name it is. But, Black, let's go straight to the main event. Nunez, Pena. Nunez reclaims the crown. Black, what did you see and what were your takeaways from the fight? Um, man, um, adjustments. That's what I seen. I seen adjustments from the first fight to the second fight. Uh, Amanda Nunez was letting it be known when you come in here, you're going to get tapped. You're going to get hit. And this jab going to stay in your face. That's what we didn't see from Amanda in the first fight. So uh, Julia Alapena was able to come in, guns a-blazing in the first fight, and was able to sit there and bang with her. But Amanda has shown why she is the greatest woman fighter in the UFC of all time. Yeah, that's right. To be able to lose your strap, because, D, we know in the UFC, as long as we've been watching, once you really lose your strap, you it's very hard to get it back. Yep. But to do what she's did, that means that her winning that back tells me that after that fight, the first fight, she went and did what she needed to do yeah. to right that wrong. And, man, she did it in grand fashion. Don't get me wrong, Juliana Pena, shout, Juliana Pena, shout out to you because you no are a tough one. No and doubt. But the lioness, man, she stood strong. We didn't even... I, I mean, I probably I, I didn't. I don't think nobody expected to go five rounds. No. So I was like, wow, when it went five. But by far, uh, Amanda Nunes was dominant and showed why she's the goat and continue to will be. And once again, she makes history, reclaiming her bantamweight championship. Ready to see what's next from her. I know she's going to be taking a break, but can't wait to see what they got next in store for Amanda Nunes. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic displays by both fighters. Amanda, she was sharp. She was in shape. She was ready to go. She was on a mission to reclaim what she lost. And she's the greatest of all time as a female fighter ever. Arguably, right now, she is probably top five ever in mixed martial arts history. Ever. So for her to go through what she went through against Juliana, who submitted her in the second round, she choked her. She tapped her. Amanda was embarrassed. For her to reclaim that status, that status to become the only first ever two-time double champion, that don't even sound right. But she did that. But Juliana Pena, my God, you got a fan for life in me. She is the epitome of toughness and will not quit. She was getting absolutely smashed by the jab of Amanda Nunes. Absolutely worked, but she kept coming. She kept coming. Made it interesting a few times in the fight where Amanda could have <laughs> slipped up and lost this thing. Yeah. But she is just, I think she gained much more respect in a loss. Than she did in the win. Than she yeah. got in the win. I agree. I and, agree. And, and, and that never happens. That never happens. So shout out to her. But Amanda Nunes, it is her time. She is the best. She is the two-time champion in the division. The only women's champion in, the, in, in MMA. Well, no, she's not. They got three divisions. Uh, Carla Spars is the other champion. Strawweight, and I'm yeah. pretty sure if Amanda could get down to Strawweight, she'll go get that one too. But um, she is great, man. Great fight. Glad to see Amanda back on top. Me, personally, I do like the out-of-nowhere stories. They're great to see. But in this sport in particular, I like to see the greats be great. That's why it makes me sick when I think about John Jones. We were able to see Anderson Silva be great for so long. Mm -hmm. George St. Pierre be great for so long. Like, you, 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 you can go years and years and see these guys just be great because they were dedicated to the craft. Amanda Nunes, she went 10 years without a loss. 10 years. And for her to regain her stature is great. 
It is great. So in the sport of MMA, it is a different type of ball game. And for her to conquer that and reclaim that, those, that strap, that was fantastic. So shout out to the Linus, Amanda Nunez, on reclaiming the crown. All right, but let's switch over to the NFL, man. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. The ruling came down this past Monday that Deshaun Watson will be serving a six game suspension the nfl uh uses an independent arbitrator uh to make rulings going forward and the independent arbitrator ruled that all the information that they have and everything that they've done warranted a six game suspension for deshaun watson the nfl is not expected to challenge the ruling the only man that can challenge it is roger goodell He's the only man who has the power to interfere with the ruling. But all reports are leaning that the NFL is going to stand by the ruling and Deshaun will face six games. Now, Black, me and you talk off, well, all the time. We talk off air all the time. But we we have not covered this story to the extent of other, you know, uh, networks and other podcasts. And I'll be the one to say it. I, I, this story is the most... Tricky, wild story in sports that I've probably ever had to cover. Mm. A lot of this is a he say and a he say, she say situation. Mm. I get the 28, 29 plus cases against Deshaun. That is wild. (laughs) That is something to be said in my opinion, but I'm not going to give my personal thoughts because they could be dead wrong and is irresponsible to assume in something like this now 28 of the 29 cases have settled there's one case that has not settled with deshaun watson what does that say i don't know man i don't know so i said all of that to get that out of the way for football because that's what deshaun watson is is a football player that plays for the cleveland browns and then after six game suspension, he will return to the field. Black, and, I, and I'm not saying this in an in in insensitive way to anybody that, that is listening, but with this quote unquote ready to be behind Deshaun now, what does this mean for his career? It will be a year and a half since he would have played football. The season will be six weeks in. The Cleveland Browns have a lot of weapons and a real good shot of making some noise this year. Can the Browns and Jacoby Brissett ride the ship? And when Deshaun returns, could the Cleveland Browns be that team this year to really watch out for? Um, me personally, D, I don't know. I don't know. The game evolves so uh, evolves so much, and not saying nothing against Deshaun because I think he'll be okay. But I think I think chemistry and um, the situation he's coming into where the Cleveland Browns have been waiting for a guy to at the helm to be their quarterback to that's always been the missing piece for them. They always had a, a, a decent defense. They always had a good running game. It's just always been the quarterback position that's held them back. And not saying that Baker Mayfield is just trash. Baker Mayfield is a okay quarterback, but I don't I wouldn't put him on a, a level with a Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. But for me, Deshaun's been gone so long, man, and the game has just evolved. And it's going to be interesting when he does come back after this sixth game. Like you said, it'll be a whole, what, year and a, uh, a year, year and, and a half, half after the sixth game su- suspension. And who's to say uh, what – 
uh, Jacoby Brissett and uh, Nick Chubb and those guys could get done in those six games while he's out. It's very interesting, D. I think that the Cleveland, I really think that the Cleveland Browns would be okay, but I think once Deshaun comes back, they're going to be in a situation where he's going to be trying to figure this game, this thing out from game to game. Do I think they'll be a contender in their division this year, D? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think really? it's I, I don't I think I think it's gonna take some time. And by then I think between between Pittsburgh and Baltimore, that's who'll probably win this division this year. But I'm not saying that the that the Cleveland the Cleveland Browns won't have a good year. I just don't think this this, this is the year that they get over the top and win that division. I don't know. I feel different. Mm-hmm. I feel different uh, with this Cleveland team due to the talent. This is the most talented team in this division. On paper, they're the most talented team in this division. I'm not, I'm not there with Pittsburgh. A Mike Tomlin coach team is going to compete. They're going to fight. Mm-hmm. They're going to be always in the mix. They could even kick in the door of one of these wild card spots. But I'm, I'm going to say Cleveland holds it down to Deshaun gets back. Okay. And if Deshaun was an older player... I'd be concerned. But here's why I'm not that concerned when Deshaun returns. He's an athlete. Mm -hmm. He's an athlete. He can throw that thing, and he can run that thing. Deshaun's healthy. He's going to have to get in the game shape, of course. But he got a massive running game behind him. Mm -hmm. He has some talent on the outside. And Deshaun might have the best offensive line in football in front of him. Mm -hmm. He might have that. Kevin Stefanski is a very nice coach, and I think they will spoon-feed Deshaun, spoon-feed Deshaun until he's ready to take off. Now, I don't know the Cleveland Browns' first six games. I just know the first game that they played Carolina win. (laughs) They're going to beat Carolina. I'd be stunned if they didn't 1-0 right there. Can Jacoby Prisett go 3-3? Can he go 3-3? Can that defense get a win? Yeah. Can the running backs in the running game get a win? Yeah, they can get a win. Mm-hmm. Now, Cincinnati is out here. I think Cincinnati this year has a big old bullseye on them. Mm-hmm. And the league is going to oh, go that's after I forgot them. About Cincinnati. They're okay. going to go after them and trying to find out, mm-hmm. well, just how good are y'all? Because y'all called us napping last year. Let's be real. Cincinnati got going at the right time. They did. They got hot at the right the time. The right time. Yeah. But now we know what's good. Mm-hmm. We know what you're bringing to the table. How will Cincinnati handle that? How would Joey B handle that? That's going to be a task. But I'm going to go out on a limb here, man. Mm. I think there's a great shot that they win the AFC North. Okay. They I win think, AFC North. And I think the thing for me, D, is that him, his time away, and yeah. you know, we got training camp and Correct. everything in there, but just it's, we know that receiver, quarterback, chemistry, yeah. the chemistry of being there for your team. He's going to be away six games. He's going to be away, and we know he's coming back. We understand he's coming back, but let's say you get, let's say you we get what you have, and this team has built that chemistry with Jacoby Brissett. And I'm I'm not saying Jacoby Brissett is going to be all world for this team, but he's the he's going to be the leader, and he's the one throwing to these receivers and handing this ball off to these running backs, and he's at the forefront of this. Let's say they do go. Let's say they go three. What you said, three and three. Maybe go three and and what? Three and two, three and one. What up? Four and one. Whatever. How many games it is, D? 
Let's say they do that and then the chemistry when he comes back is interrupted. That's the part that's I think I think that's going to be the problem. Plus, on top of that, him being away for a year and a half. I think that's not a good recipe to win a division like this, who you just literally is get it out. The, this is the get it out the mud division. The black and blue. You know, it's, it's, it's blood, sweat, and tears division right here. And along with, like you said, with with Cincinnati not knowing what they're going to do in in in, the, in year two behind Joe Burrow, but you still like you said Mike Tomlin, he all his team's going to always be, be ready. ready no matter who's the quarterback. Yeah. And then you you got to believe that Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, him definitely having something to prove more even more this year because the kid wants to win, and you know they're going to have to with their defense and then him, you know that's going to be a problem. So that's why I believe that I'm is is. Going further after the sixth game, they might look great the first six games. But moving forward, when he does come back, what is it going to look like? Would it be automatic or will it take some time? Well, the good thing about this for Deshaun is he gets to return to the facility week four. Mm -hmm. So he gets to practice two weeks before he makes his debut in week seven. So Mm -hmm. he gets to do that. So that was something that came out today that he is to stay away from the facility for four weeks. And then he could come back for two weeks before he makes his debut. So that's something that he can have in his back pocket. He's going to be there in training camp. He's going to play a lot this preseason. Mm-hmm. I think Deshaun's going to get a lot of reps and a lot of snaps this season. And like I said, if he was an older quarterback mm-hmm. and he was an athletic or an athlete, then I'll be concerned. I just think Deshaun's just going to adapt. I think the game plan is going to be predicated on what he does really well. And again, Kareem Hunt. And Chubb Rocker behind him, unhealthy offensive line, a stout defense on the other side. The makings for Deshaun to be bought a little bit in time are there. Mm-hmm. They're there. They're there. So I think Cleveland can, don't know if they will, but I think they can be a very interesting team when Deshaun comes back because you got to think in this league, what do you got to have if it's a mono e mono type of game? You got to have that boy. You got to have that boy. You, you got to have that boy. And the last time I checked, he was still one of them boys. He's yeah. still one of them boys. Absolutely. And I think he will prove that. I think he will reprove because Deshaun got a chip on his shoulder. And I think Deshaun feels like he got a lot to prove. And he's getting paid 200 plus million dollars <laughs> to give him plenty of incentive to go and do that. We'll definitely be watching this story very, very closely as Deshaun Watson will serve a six-game suspension. The NFL wants this to go away. It's no secret. They want it to go away. The National Football League is predicated on the game and the game only. They don't like high drama. They don't like swirling winds around them. They want their fans to tune in and just watch the game. This is not the NBA mm. where storylines of all kinds really promote the game to some degree. But when it's football time, the NFL, they want their game clean and they want it taken care of. That's why Deshaun Watson, they set foot on the NFL field last year. Then set foot on one. Because of everything that he had going on. So, we'll monitor this situation even closer. It looks like, and I'm not saying this in an insensitive way to anybody who's listening, but it looks like this thing is going to be behind not only Deshaun Watson, not only Cleveland Browns, but also the National Football League. 
the National Football League. All right, Black, let's talk about some boys who got that paper. <laughs> DK Metcalf and Debo Samuels both got paid, okay? DK Metcalf had his offseason situation with the Seahawks. You know, not reporting to camp, didn't report to camp, but not participating. Debo Samuels has been very clear and adamant really since the, the NFC Championship game loss of what he wanted. But these boys basically got the same deal. Mm-hmm. Roughly around that $73, $74 million deal, 36 to 37 of it fully guaranteed. Black, what are your thoughts, you know, when you see these these um, these wide receivers who do more than lining up at the X or the Y and the Z but they get this kind of money. Do you think do you think they're not being fully taken care of as they should? Um at first I thought that cuz I just seen <laughs> I just seen um how Debo everything that he could do for the 49ers. I mean where don't the 49ers play him at? No was a punter, kicker. You know he does, hey, he bro, plays everywhere offensively the for test. them. But man, um and we talked about this like you got to see you know like what he does is he on that elite level yet with a Devontae Adams or a Cooper Cup or those type of guys. We haven't been able to have enough sample size to say that Debo Samuels is that type of guy. Mm-hmm. We know that he's athletic. He's very talented. Very. He can be used wherever. Look here. We love college football. When he was at South Carolina, oh, yeah. he was used everywhere. You know what Kyle Shanahan said? Oh, let me bring this to the league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what he said. I'm going to do the same thing in the league yeah. that, that, that he did at South Carolina because that's what he used to doing. But now he just wants to be a receiver. But see, I see that he has claws in his contract if he run the ball so many times or he rushed for this many yards, he get mm-hmm. this amount of money. Incentive. But he's come out, he's been very vocal on saying he just wants to be that receiving guy and I guess want to be put with one of those elite guys, you know, like a... Devontae Adams or a Cooper Cup. You got a lot of work to do to get there because those guys are top notch. And then for uh, DK Metcalf, his is kind of tricky for me because DK Metcalf, having, I believe having Russell Wilson did a lot for him. It's going to be interesting to see what he could do with an Andrew Locke. Now, not, not, I'm, not Locke. Hate, Drew, I'm not hating on Drew Locke. I'm not hating on the boys. A nice talent. But... That's his situation now. So he got paid. We're going to see what he's going to be able to do. Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, and that offensive coordinator that were there in Seattle found found ways to get DK Metcalf the ball down the field. Are we going to be able to continue to see that? That's the one knock on DK. If he can't get the ball down the field over the the the, the crossing routes, the outs, he's he's non-existent. He's non-existent. And that's been the knock on him. So I think the money that they got D now, after looking at everything and really sitting and thinking about it, is warranted. It's warranted what they got. I don't think they deserve huge, huge money. These deals are what they were supposed to get. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the uproar over people having issue with their deals, but people say Debo Samuels is as valuable as Devontae Adams. That is... That is irrelevant to the conversation. Devontae Adams arguably could have been an MVP in the league if his quarterback wasn't the MVP of the league. <laughs> I mean, when Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams and uh, what's my man out there in Arizona? 
uh, D Hop, DeAndre yeah, Hopkins, like these boys. They yeah, they the one. They on a they they on another. They level. had a run of being out of this world. Now you got the young Groovers coming up. Jamar Chase, AJ um, Brown, uh, AJ Brown was a man in Minnesota, Jefferson, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then of course you got Debo, and then you do got Metcalf. But I'm gonna say this about Metcalf, man. I said this last year on the show that Debo is, I mean, De- Metcalf is a great athlete. He's a great athlete. He is a monster of a man, but that brother is limited. Mm-hmm. Very limited, D. Very limited. He is a he is a bright spot and a character for Seattle to promote and be the face of them because he is now the face of the Seattle Seahawks. He is, but I'm about to tell you, them brothers out there in Seattle this year, boy, they finna have a long year. <laughs> and if DK Metcalf can't put himself in a position to be more of a utility, sir, a utility wide receiver. I ain't saying he got to be Debo. He got to extend his game some more. Dude. But I'm saying, can he can can he can he do what Jamar Chase do? Oh, man. Can he can he can he do that? He's big enough. Yeah. He's physical. He needs to be you. I don't know if you that's just the, hadn't seen it. Yeah, I don't know if that's the, the 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 game plan. I don't know if that's Pete Carroll. I don't know. I don't know if he's just being put a cap on him. Just got to see a little bit more if, if DK Metcalf is going to be put in the same conversation as these other guys. The same thing with Debo. Debo is a utility specialist. He can get the ball on any place on the field and make you pay for it. He was a running back during the playoffs last year. Yes, Don't was. remember him going downfield doing anything. I remember him hitch, <laughs> dump, sweep. To the house. Do your thing, brother. <laughs> yeah. And that's why his contract is what it is. Because if he was able to go out there on the X at a Y. And do that in the back. And do field, that and get out and get up front and have that hand raised. He would have like got a, that hundred, He would have got that big, 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 big bag. <laughs> so I understand it. But maybe it's the older I get. I really tap into the more business side of sports. Mm-hmm. And I want to understand these contracts. And I do a lot of reading. And I do a lot of, uh, I listen to certain podcasts with certain, uh, like, Drew Rosenhaus and agents of that manner. And and and, and uh, what's my man, Mav Carter and these guys from uh, uh, LeBron's Clutch Sport. Like, I listen, like, how do these guys, how do they, how do they get their money? What are the teams telling you what they're worth versus what you're telling them? So, it's just a nerdy game for me. So, that's why Debo and Metcalf got what they got. Mm-hmm. Could they get more? Of course they could. But what they got right now? I think it's, it's fair. War- it's warranted, yeah. It's fair because ain't nobody going to sit here and have a conversation with me and say with Devontae Adams is out on that thing versus what you see when Debo was out there on that thing. Yeah. And, I, I ain't having a t- conversation. And, and and we also was talking about A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown did get $100 million. He, but he this is the thing that you just talked about, D. A.J. Brown... Is a receiver that can go everywhere around the field and catch the football. He can do it all. He can do it all. Those two guys are not doing that. When AJ Brown was in Tennessee, you seen him everywhere, down the field, crossing patterns, outright backfield. Backfield. I'm saying you. He was used everywhere and succeeded. So that's why Philly was like, "Oh, we're gonna give you a hundred million dollars." Well, real quick, (laughs) do, do do you think the game is headed that way for wide receivers? To like doing versatile things instead of being outside. If you're a number one, mm-hmm. this, let's just use Jamar Chase. Okay. I think Jamar Chase is the hybrid of what Debo, even A.J. Brown, 
he can go down the field and he can take that thing at the backfield. He can literally do it all. I think he's the most complete one with that skill set. A.J. Brown, yes, he does do it. But I don't think A.J. is fast as Jamal. Oh, of course. Of course. So but he's a catcher of the football when it comes his way. He's a big boy, big yeah. body, big catch he's radius. A catch, he's a catcher of the he football. Is, he is. Yeah. But the prototype that Chase is. Yeah, of course. Of do course, you think the league is looking for receivers to be that way coming to the league? Do you think we start to see this in college football? But this is the thing with Chase. We didn't see a lot of him in the backfield. If we seen him anything, it was him. It was it was it was Burrow passing him the ball. They never really handed it off to him. But when he has the ball, he create a lot. We saw just it in like the playoffs. Debo did. We just saw the, it in the playoffs. The, yeah, they, we got a little sample size of yeah. it in the playoffs. But he creates just like Debo did. But the one thing about Chase, Chase can go get that thing now. <laughs> Cause we were just sitting here. A few. It's it's some plays that. Could have happened in the Super Bowl, and the Rams may not be the champions right now. That's a fact. We seen Chase in the Super Bowl go at Rams like, boy, you ain't bought that. I'm out here, bro. I'm out here for real. I'm out here, bro. (laughs) Chase can go. The reason why he's so dominant in everything else that he does is because what he does down the field, D. That's a fact. Teams already know we know what Debo's limited. We know what. Jamar Chase, we know what Metcalf yeah. is limited. Yeah. AJ Brown, we know what we could do to him because we know he's not going to go get the ball out the backfield. Right. But the one thing about AJ Brown, when the ball comes his way, double team or not, he catching the rock. That's a fact. You know, and that's why he, Philly made the move that they made and gave him the money that Tennessee didn't want to give him. That's a fact. But for me, D, I I absolutely believe that Jamar Chase is like that hybrid guy. Could we see more of him getting the ball out the backfield this year? I don't know, D. The kid said he trying to go after the triple count like Triple Cup did. Cooper Cup Cooper did Cup. last year. Okay. So we'll see. But also, the Rams also used Cooper Cup like that. We didn't get a lot of it. They used him in the backfield, pulled him out, gave him the ball a little bit. But Cooper Cup, man, Cooper Cup going to run every route you need him to run. Yeah. You tell him to run five yard hits, he right there, bro. He going to get it. Yeah. That's fact. He going to go get the little first down for three yards. He getting the ball. He did everything. Those guys like Debo and Metcalf, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. And that's why the money part of it, after you sit down and really think about it, when we have a conversation and after looking at some things, the money is warranted that. Okay, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's just interesting the wave that the league is headed towards yeah. with the wide receiver. I think we are going to see more and more of this and pay extra attention to college football. Pay extra attention of certain receivers being able to do the things that change. They do it with Jefferson, too. Oh, I, And Minnesota. Nah, that's going to be interesting to see when his time comes because that boy can do everything. He really can't. Him and Chase going to get that patience. <laughs> you think 100 million plus? Look. If that production stay where it's stay at, stay where it's at. Yeah, we talk about two years for Jefferson now. That's this the second year, and that's what I'm saying. Look at Debo and Metcalf production compared to what these two kids could be. Mm-hmm. I, and this is no slight. It's no on knock Debo, on them. Yeah. And it's no, but we're just watching the game. We're just watching these guys play. So I'm really going to be paying attention just the direction that a lot of these wide receivers are going to be used in this year. CeeDee Lamb is another one. Mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb has a lot of talent. With the he Cowboys. got a lot to prove, though. He does. He got but a lot will to he prove. be used in a way where you'll look at him and be like, okay. I hope they can. Okay, They're going to have to. Because he's a great talent. They, he's, he's a great, a great talent. talent. He's been, but he's been limited. 
to has. what he can do. He has. They haven't been able to get him the ball like they need to. Well. <laughs> and I hope this the year that they can get that kid the ball so we can see the talent. Yeah. We seen the talent. And I know it's college football. People always say that. But look, man. You know when you got the goods, bro. And well, in college, yeah. he had the goods. He had them, bro. He had them. And, and Dak is not a trash quarterback. He not. They just got to find ways to get this man, for Dak to get this man the football. Yeah. And then he's going to be he A1, number one, nine. He the man. He is him. He is the man now. He is So him. you got to think that he got to take that next step to be good. And then uh, uh, for me, I just want to go back to Jefferson D. Like, <laughs> we don't talk about this kid a lot. I don't know if it's because he in Minnesota. Like. That'll change this man, year. Man, this 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 he kid. he had a fantastic season last year. Man, look, man. He's special, man. Uh, he's special, D. It's, he's special. It's a lot of things you can say about it, but you see it, the ones who got it. Mm-hmm. They can literally do everything. And this and and, 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 and people who saying speaking speaking ill on Devontae, y'all gotta stop, man. Let me tell you something about Devontae. I know he played with Aaron Rodgers. No disrespect. But the kid is a baller. He a baller. He is a route runner. He's one of the best route runners in the league. Great catcher. David, I mean, what's his name? Derek, Derek Carr, Carr is going to be able to get him the football. Easily. Now, I'm going to sit here and say he's going to have crazy touchdown numbers like when he was Aaron Rodgers. Maybe not. But the the yards per year, the yards, the, the production, the, the production will, be will go up even more. It will be there. You know, because Aaron Rodgers was getting him, to, getting him touchdowns on a little slant pattern, you know, little yeah. stuff like that. But... He is not. I don't think he's going to lose a step, D. I think he's going. No, I think I he could potentially so pick up where, where he left off. But I we're agree. going to see. But people saying that oh he won't be the same receiver without Aaron Rodgers. I disagree. You got to stop that. I disagree. He is potentially one of the best route runners, right along with Cooper Cup in this league in the NFL. Derek Carr is a. It's a conversation of him being a top ten quarterback. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, Derek Carr gets this poor man accolade talk. Oh, yeah. And I don't know why. Did y'all not see him last year? (laughs) Did y'all not know what the Raiders went through last year and made the playoff and was arguably a controversial touchdown away from beating the Bengals? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, why why Derek Carr? (laughs) I'm going to tell you something That's just always been a knock on him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm going to tell you this right. I'm rooting for them boys. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm rooting for the Las Vegas Raiders this year because I really like Carr. And I really think that this year, with the emergence of a weapon like Devontae Adams, man, he going to have to be due his respect. Yeah. I yeah. just feel that, but we could definitely go uh, pay attention to that. Great conversation about the wide receiver position uh, in, in, in the NFL. Uh, Black, we're going to throw a curveball into the show, my boy. <laughs> so, Black, um, we got to talk about this, and I don't know how I miss it. So, Black, do you mind if we talk about the Oklahoma Sooners next week? Yes, we do. Yeah, we can. 10-4. Now, Black, shout out to the green room, man. Shout out to Sad. <laughs> shout out to Kevin Dunbar. Our brothers, man, who we kick it off, man, with sports every single day. Shout out to the Green Room. They rolled out this bracket, man. This college football bracket, man. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you saw this, but let's have a conversation. This is the best college football team since 2000 bracket. Mm-hmm. Eight teams. Now, I'm going to read off the bracket, and, and forgive me because I don't know who created this. But I'm going to read off the bracket. I'm going to see if you agree. And we're going to have a conversation. That's a bet. The number one ranked team in this bracket is the 2001 Miami Hurricanes. Mm -hmm. The number eighth seed who they're facing in the first round is the 2013 Florida State Seminoles. 
The Seminoles are the eighth seed in this bracket. <laughs> Moving down, the number two seed in this bracket is the 2019 LSU Tigers. The seventh seed, who they're going to play in the first round, are the 2008 Florida Gators. Okay. Next up, the number three seeded 2004 USC Trojans will be taking on the six-seeded 2020 Alabama Crimson Tide, okay? And last but not least, the four and the five matchup, the four-ranked 2005 Texas Longhorns will be taking on the number fifth-ranked 2018 Clemson Tigers, all right, my man? So that is a... Championship bracket since if you uh for the team since two thousand. Now let's just get right to it. <laughs> Where we starting at? <laughs> How is Florida State the eighth seed? Yeah, that's disrespectful. Well, all of these but it's teams. okay. I, I don't even want to go there, D. No, we it's gonna okay. go there. <laughs> we gonna go there. I'm gonna be real. You ready? The two thousand and five Texas Longhorns weren't better than us. Joe wasn't. Definitely wasn't. They were not better. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. Our quarterback won the Heisman. <laughs> sure we did. were undefeated. Sure did. Sure was. <laughs> we didn't have any competition until the Natty. <laughs> we went to Clemson when our thing was rocking. Ooh, Saturday night. And handled that business, <laughs> but we number eight. And we got to go against the old one Canes. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Another grab to that guy. The LSU team of 2019, they're number two here. Mm. They're the number two team in this position. Black, what do the 2004 UFC Trojans have to say about that? Bush, Liner, Lindell White, uh, Jackson, uh, all the receivers that they had. I mean, they ain't got, I mean. That's not nothing to talk about. Yeah, that's something to talk about. Definitely. So let's go through the bracket, man, as is. Okay. Let's start up at the top. The 2001 Hurricanes, which are widely regarded as possibly the greatest team of all time, taking on the 2013 Florida State Seminoles, unbiasedly black. Who do you think wins this game and advances? The Miami Hurricanes. The Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I love my Florida State, but... It's no way anybody was beating that 2001 Hurricane scene. I am so sorry to say. It sucks to say, but the 2000 Hurricanes will advance. Yeah, man. I want to be so I want to be so disruptive right now, but I'm, I got to keep it real too, man. That, yeah. that Going to be disruptive and see how that see nah, how that group light up. I, I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. Uh, it'll be close now. It'll be close. But it'll be close, man. It'll be close in the beginning. It'll be close in the beginning. <laughs> and then but, that thing would get out of control in the second golly, half. Golly, man, that old one Kane scene was definitely fantastic. I All think right. we got better quarterback play though. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's what would be close. That's what <laughs> I think be we close. got better quarterback. Now, play. Kenny Dorsey was a general. He just was a general of. He was a general of. of he game highly, highly, highly <laughs> athletic. Yeah. Guys in Miami, he, man, at their position. He held it down now. Yeah, he did. But uh, number five, <laughs> that boy was about that for real. Yeah, he was about that. You heard me? Yeah. All right. So, uh, all right. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, next up, let's go to the two seed or the same bracket, same bracket. The fourth seeded 2005 Texas Longhorns versus the 2008 Clemson Tigers. Who do you think wins that? Mm. Deshaun's team versus Vince Young's team, bro. Like, if I'm looking at this team, if I'm looking at Clemson in 2008, 
they put almost a 50 piece, 50 piece on a Bama team that was considered to be the best ever if they would have won it. Mm-hmm. And that Clemson team put almost a 50 spot on them. Mm-hmm. Texas, don't get me wrong. I think it's because the team that they beat. They, was they like, had a hey, great man. year. They did, had a, they, they did have a great year. They had a great year. They had a good defense. Special players. But Clemson also had an elite defense to hold an offense like we were seeing from Alabama to a whopping 13, 14 points, Steve. I'm I'm advancing Clemson over the Longhorns. All right, so the second round matchup is set. The 2001 Hurricanes versus the 2018 Clemson Tigers. Moving on to the bottom of the bracket. The number two ranked LSU Tigers from 2019 versus the 2008 Florida Gators. Black, why are you sitting on this? Do you think the Tigers advance or do the Gators upset? Oh, man, that 2008 Gator team. My goodness. Man, you're talking about a lot of speed there, sir. (laughs) They were good. Man, uh, they were Percy, good. I'm just Tebow. Hernandez. Uh, Hernandez. I yeah. mean, man, but that LSU team, wow. Wow. Uh-huh. It's crazy so to say, D, and I hate to say it. Okay. I think this will come down to quarterback play, and I believe I would take Tebow over Joe Burrow. Wow. So you're going to upset will, the will, number two will, ranked will, LSU Tigers. I was seeing the 2008 Gators because of Tim Tebow and what he could do in with that team, with that Florida team, I think he outbeats Joe Burrow. I think you're nuts. Oh, wow. Okay. I think explosive. Really? This LSU office was explosive. Not like you couldn't do that Gator team was real now. Let me D. tell you something. That D that D? Let me tell you something. Ahmad Black. Ahmad Black would have got torched. No D. Jamar Chase won the game every Joe time. Joe Hayden. Come on, now look, D. Now, Hayden was that boy. Come on. Chase and one Jefferson out there on the other side. Yeah. Off the <laughs> top. And Joey B. D, you wrong, D. I'm not wrong. That Gator team was you a great gotta be wrong. team. Man. That Gator team was a great team, but they lost to Ole Miss. Oh, At home. D, come on. Who challenged LSU that year? Nobody. But well, I ain't biking off that stance, that's bro. That's cool. I ain't listening to you. You listen to me, but now. I'm going explosive, man. Listen to me now. Joey Burrow makes more plays than Tim Tebow. Not the against ball. that defense, D. You got to be able to get your receivers the football. And Joe Hayden and Mark Black and them boys. I don't know who was on the other side. Was it? Was it Jenkins? What, Janoris could, over there? What, Jack Rabbit? Ain't no way, D. Them two guys. Okay. All right, all right. It's no way Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson get off. Okay. And I think the pressure gonna be so much with. With spikes in them boys on the end, wasn't Dunlap over there too? Dunlap. Was Dunlap there? I think he was. I don't know. I know Sad could tell us. I don't yeah. know who all was on that line, but Burrow wouldn't have had the time, bro. Right, that's cool. Look that's what cool. they did. Look, look look, how they suffocated the Heisman Trophy winning the Natty. That's cool. Come on, nine. That's cool. I'm taking the Gators, okay, man. Okay, 10-4. Gators advance in Black's bracket, all right? Bottom half, the 2004 USC Trojans against the 20. 20- 20 Alabama Crimson Tide, my boy. Bush, Leonard, White, running the show out there in Los Angeles versus the 2020 Alabama Crimson Tide with your boy. Uh, what's my man for the Patriots out there looking stank? The quarterback. <laughs> what's his name? Jones, Matt Jones. Matt Jones? Yeah. Was that 2020? Uh, that, that was 20, Matt Jones? Yeah. 2020. Who won it last year? That, that was 21 they won it, right? Yeah, Mike Jones is the second year in the NFL this year. 
Who won the Heisman that year? Devontae Smith? Yeah, Devontae Smith. USC. <laughs> USC. USC. It's USC many, advance. Uh, it's too many skeletons in that closet, my boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I know, I know, I know Bama was good that year. And they were loaded on the defensive they, side. They were loaded on the defensive side, but they had one trick pony on the offensive they side. Did. That wasn't gonna be enough. It's not. Devontae not Adams literally did everything for Alabama offense that year. He did. But not against that, not against them boys. No, no, no. Nah, bro. Them okay. skeletons gonna come out that closet and nah. Okay. On okay. Alabama. I got USC. So the old four USC Trojans advance. All right, Black, let's go to your final four. The 2001 Miami. Miami Hurricanes against the 2018 Clemson Tigers. Who advances to the championship, Black? Oh, Miami. Dang, that was easy. You ain't yeah, going to think easy. about it. That's easy, bro. Deshaun wasn't going to get busy a little uh, bit. Nah, tra- no, that 2001, 2018. Yeah, Deshaun. That's the Deshaun? championship year. Yeah. That's the year he beat Bama, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You taking Clemson? Taking Cle- no, I'm taking Miami. I'm taking Miami, bro. Oh, okay, I'm just asking. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Hey, so you, 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 we need to get into it. No, we don't. Oh, okay. I'm all taking right. Miami. Oh, okay. I'm Miami. All right. I'm taking Miami. I'm taking the old one Kansas and taking it to the championship round. All right, Black. Let's go down to the bottom half of the bracket. Your 2008 Florida Gators against the 2004 USC Trojans. Black. Who wins this one? I'm sorry, Gator Nation, but I gotta take USC. My guy. Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> look here, bro. Let me tell you something, Reggie yeah. Bush, Reggie Bush and Lindell, was it Lindell, Lindell, Lindell White? That alone, right there, is gonna be a lot. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be a lot, mm-hmm. and then having to deal with Matt Liner and the, with the weapons on the outside, outside the yeah. Steve Smith dude, the other was a, yeah. other receivers, mm-hmm. uh, and then having to deal with that defense with that Clay Matthews mm-hmm. and a couple other people on Keith that Jackson defense line. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot to deal with. I, I got uh, USC advancing. advancing. Yeah, is I got it a good game? Answer. I believe it's close. Okay, but the I Trojans believe it's survive. close, but the Trojans survive. Okay, all right, Black, your all-time championship game: the old one Miami Hurricanes against the 2004 USC Trojans. Black. Now, arguably, at one time, these two teams were considered the best two teams ever, mm-hmm. ever in college football. So keep that in mind. Now. Yeah. Now, who win this thing? Oh, the Hurricanes, two touchdowns. God. <laughs> The Hurricane yeah, by two touchdowns, my boy. Okay. Let me tell you something about that, boy. That 2001 Hurricane team. It was real. Man, look here. Whoever listen, y'all go to YouTube and just click that thing, man. <laughs> uh, y'all go, y'all go, go, go watch uh and my boy Dunbar said, go watch that uh the uh the U. Who that was? Said yeah. of him, and somebody said, go watch, just go rewatch the U yeah. part two, and that'll let you know everything you need to know mm-hmm. about that team. I'm mm-hmm. taking Miami by two touchdowns, man. <clears throat> Thought about this thing. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Thought about this thing. What were some of the weaknesses that that, that Miami team... They had none. What were some of the weaknesses that that Miami team dealt with when games were close in that year for them? Speed on the outside. Speed on the outside. And teams who couldn't run the football. All out Florida State and Boston College for that year. Really gave them fits. Matter of fact, if it weren't for Ed Reed's glorious interception, taking it back to the house, they would have lost up there in Boston. If it wasn't for our raggedy kicker in Tallahassee, going right again, Crix Ricks plays the game of his life. <laughs> they would have had two losses. I'm going to take the Hurricanes. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> by a very slim margin, double overtime, field goal kick, mm. game of the ages. Bush and Leonard and White, they get their numbers. Dorsey gets them boys involved, but too many playmakers on the other side of the ball for the too Hurricanes. Many. Too many playmakers. It hurt to say it, though. I mean, they're cool. the great. They're the they greatest great. team ever, they man. Great. they the greatest team ever. I know Dumbar going to love is. this here, bro. I mean, it's facts. <laughs> It is what it is. Now, they ain't done nothing since 2001 now. Now, we're in 2022. I think Dumbo was in the third grade when the boys won the natty that year now. So, I don't really know, man. But, yeah, man. So, the 2001 Hurricanes, yeah. But talk about some of the great teams, man. Oh, yeah, man. That's great. The they thir- can keep that going. Yeah, the 13 Ooh. Seminoles, man. The, the 2018 Tigers. They gave Florida State a bad matchup, bro. I think so, too. And realistically, man, if I'm looking at the seeding, Florida State at least should have been... They should have been a four Texas, or five seed. Above that Clemson. I, I think we're better than that Clemson team. So why can't we be well, in Clemson that, was a three seed? Five seed. They were the four five matchup with Texas. Okay. I think Florida State could have been there. I'm not gonna argue the LSU. I'm not I'm not gonna argue, argue the USC team. I ain't gonna argue that, man. But come on, man. The eighth seed? <laughs> that's, that's crazy, man. That's, that's crazy. Just, man, they better go watch some tape. <laughs> That's crazy. And see, but we were loaded at yes, that thing, was, boy. boy. We was loaded, boy. We was loaded at that thing, man. So that was fun, man. I just wanted to kind of throw a, a wrench in things, man. And uh, we'll get to talk about the Oklahoma Sooners uh, next week. But uh, I had had that on my mind, and it came across while we was recording to talk about that, Brad, because I knew Black would have a lot of fun. All right, man, we're going to get into the NFL real quick and talk about the NFC South. And then we're going to wrap this thing no. up, man. What you said, NFC North? Yeah. Hey, you said you said I NFC? made a mistake. It's the NFC South. Oh, okay. okay. NFC. We did the AFC South last week. AFC right? South last week. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing the NFC South today. All right, okay. Black. So the <clears throat> NFC South, the returning champion. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went 13-4 uh, last year. Uh, Tom Brady prematurely retired, then he came back, but now he is back in the building. The books do look different. Followed by the Saints, who went 9-8, the Falcons 7-10, and the lowly Panthers at 5-12. Black, when you look at the NFC South division as a whole, where do you see this division and how it ranks with all the divisions in football? Um, <clears throat> I think it's one of the lower divisions, but... I think out of the two two of the teams in this division, you get some of your best games between New Orleans and Tampa. Those games are always good, but I don't think they're one of the top divisions in football. It just dominates. It's either it's either New Orleans or it's either Tampa. Now that you know Tom Brady's there and uh, made Tampa, you know, bring them a Super Bowl, so you got to put Tampa up there. But um, definitely not one of the better uh, divisions in 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 football. They're not a good division. Now, the funny thing about this division is the Saints have the Buccaneers number. Yeah. Only when they get to the playoffs, but yeah. They got, I'm just saying, like, the only time Tom beat them was in the playoffs. That's the only time. That's the only time. I think he won and four against them, bro. Yeah, he is. You know what I mean? So that's just a funny thing. But the Saints, man, they, they, uh, they're going to be an interesting team this year with Jameis coming back off injury. 
What you got? Now, let me ask you something now. Yeah. Before you get into it. Yeah. We seen what Jameis did before the injury. We did. But Sean Payton was the coach. He was. Do you see them building upon that? Or do they take a step back this year with them not having Sean Payton? I think they build on it because some of Sean Payton's students are still on that coaching staff. Okay. So I do think that Sean Payton didn't leave them high and dry. Mm-hmm. I think they are going to initiate a lot of the offense that is still there. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be some tweaks and some changes. But let me tell you something, man. Jameis Winston, he was on a tear before the injury. <clears throat> the Saints were viable and they were competitive with Jameis Winston at the ham. Now, of course, we have our allegiance to Jameis. But look at it, man. Jameis has been through some type of hell. Yeah. Ever since he was let go by Tampa, man. You know, luckily he has found a home in New Orleans. But my God, the injury last year with the ACL, him returning uh, back this season, man, and 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 getting an opportunity to kind of write some things, man. I'm excited to see what Jamison the Saints can do. But let's go to the very top of this thing, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. The year that they had last year, they uh, lost in the divisional round to the eventual Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams. Obviously, they came off the previous year as the defending champions. A lot of changes for the Bucks. No Gronk. Leonard Fournette's 500 pounds with a cheeseburger <laughs> in his hand at practice. Um, Chris Godwin is not uh, back yet from the ACL. They're picked to represent the uh, the NFC South this year, winning division and a lot of the pre-predictions uh, out here. But Black, an older Brady by one year, new head coach with Todd Bowles. What is your outlook overall right now just on what the Bucs could do? We'll predict their record later, but what is you? What do you think that we're going to see from the Bucs this year what, with all <clears> the changes? Well, I always think they'll be a good team as long as they got Tom Brady. I think I believe Tom Brady is going to be ready to rock and roll one season hit. Um, the question is be when they get the key guys back. Like you said, uh, you Godwin. Got, Godwin out with the, with the injury. I know they added guys like Russell Gage from Atlanta last year. Julio Jones. Uh, Julio added Julio Jones, but that defense still there. Ain't nobody left that defense. Mm-hmm. If it's one question for the defense, it's those corners on the outside. What they gonna be able to, you know, yeah. take care of? That's gonna be the the question. But those linebackers in that D line ain't going nowhere. And then Tom Brady, I know he don't have Gronk, and Gronk is old Mister Reliable for him. It's gonna be interesting to see. You know who becomes that guy for Brady this year with no Gronk being there. But the I think I believe the Bucks would be 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 just fine. But I think it I think it's going to be a lot harder because I think the Saints going to be that much better this year. Uh, right along with with you with with Jameis coming into his second year, and I believe adding guys in the draft like Olivi and you know you getting a, a healthy healthy Alvin Kamara, and then hopefully. They say Michael Thomas been on the field and was in training camp practicing. If he can come back to any type of form of what he was uh, before he got hurt, then those those going to be some real problems for Tampa to deal with in New Orleans. Yeah, Tom is Tom. As long as he's the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they'll be viable. They'll compete. Um, and they'll be something to record with. But I think, I mean, I just think it's going to be a tough season for them. Really? I, I think they'll have their moments, but I think they're going to be doing a lot of grinding. A lot of grinding on their part. I think the Saints are a sleeper team. I think the Panthers are just going to be absolutely putrid. Now, I don't know who their quarterback is going to be. Maybe it's Baker Mayfield or maybe it's Sam Darnold. I don't know, but I don't see much coming out of Carolina. I don't think they're a real factor in this division. Then you got to go to the Falcons. 
an interesting younger team. Marcus Mariota <laughs> has been named the starter of this team. So they're going to have a whole new look, a whole new everything. They got Kyle Pitts and 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 some young uh talent out there on the outside. Don't they get back my man from the Falcons this year? Or who got suspended last year? Oh no, nah, really still suspended. He's been this whole year. Really? Yeah, yeah. This I thought that was last year. No, it, it happened doing towards the end of the year last year. Going into this, the playoffs. Going, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so, I mean, that's going to be a new look in Atlanta, and, you know, we'll see how they do, but that's going to come down to the Saints. It's going to come down to the Bucks, and I'm going to say this right here, man. Don't be surprised if the New Orleans Saints win this division this year. Yeah. I just want to run down Tampa's schedule. Real quick. I know we ain't predicting this schedule. I mean, wins and losses, but I just want to run it down. You said what they play against this year is we got you got Cowboys week one, you got Saints week two, Green Bay week three, mm. the Chiefs week four, wow, Atlanta week five, uh, Pittsburgh week six, Carolina week seven, the Ravens week eight, Rams week nine, Seahawks uh, week ten, the Browns week eleven, the Saints week eleven, the San Francisco week twelve, Bengals week thirteen. Um, Arizona week 14, Panthers week 15, and then Atlanta week 16. <clears throat> yeah, week 16. That, 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 I mean, the middle, I, that, that top, that top, that top dude, going that to top. the middle of that schedule, that's tough. That's tough. They play some, I don't want you to hear the teams they play in the quarterbacks, they got a face. That's, that's why tough. I said it. Yeah. Who they, they who the last game of the year for they got? Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah, because so they play against Joe Burrow. They got Joe Burrow, Tr- uh, Trey Lance from San Fran. We don't know what he's going to be. Then they got Jameis Winston from the Saints. By then, Deshaun will be back. Yeah, Deshaun will be back. Matter of fact, Deshaun come back against them. Deshaun come back against them. They play uh, Matthew Stafford. They play Lamar. They play Trevor. I mean, no, they, no, they play uh, Pat Mahomes. They play Aaron Rodgers. And they played Dak Prescott. And Joey B. And Joey B. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just think it's going to be an interesting season for them. Do I think they made the playoffs? Yes. I think they're in a fight for the division this year. I think the Saints, they're coming. If Michael Thomas (laughs) can come back worth something and Jameis can stay healthy and Kamara coming out that backfield. And I forgot the other receiver that they got in the slot. The him too, I don't have it, but they got the oh, other guy. Oh, no, they picked up Landry and they added and they have Matthew brought, yeah, on the on the bike end on the defense. I'm just, that's what I'm saying. They they've added <clears> some <throat> key pieces. There, I can't forgive me for uh, forgetting the new head coach's name, but he's a defensive guy. Yeah. So mixed in with what the the students that Sean Payton have for offensively, I'm telling you, man, it's going to get real interesting. And I think Jameis has a lot to prove as far as when it gets thick and when it gets late in games. Can he prove to be reliable? That was his thing in Tampa. Jameis got talent. He threw it all over the field, but he turned it over a lot. Mm-hmm. He was turning it over a lot before he got hurt in New Orleans uh, last year. But I just think Jameis is uh, is going to be better. But for But he had him more now. touchdowns than he had picks. You know, he did. He did. Yeah. He did. But going against Tom Brady. For the division, you can't make crucial mistakes. You can't. So I think it's definitely going to come down to the Saints and the Bucks. I think the a- the NFC South is a division where there's a lot of snoozer matchups here. Don't care about Tampa versus Carolina. Don't care about Carolina versus Atlanta. Don't care about the Saints versus Carolina. Don't care about the Saints versus Atlanta. I don't care. <laughs> Give me Bucks. 
Give me Saints. Man, your boy Baker might make Carolina. Give me Bucks. Give me Saints and get out the way. Man, now, don't, don't do, get me wrong. Don't do Baker like that, man. I don't dislike Baker. I just ain't Baker in a world of trouble out there. Ain't nobody really? going to say them boys. Oh, them boys man. is trash. They got one playmaker on the offensive side of the ball because you can't depend on the other one. Christian McCaffrey, where he at? And then my he boy Robert Robinson. He's going this year, man. man. All right. My boy Robert, Robert, Robert what's his name? Robert Robinson? Uh, uh, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson, yeah, he nice. He nice, but he going to be the only thing out there getting triple team. They got DJ Moore, too. Okay. Yeah, man, he nice. Nice player. <laughs> but them boys going to go 2 and 17. somebody to get them the ball. I them think boys going to go 2 and 17. I believe Baker can get them boys the ball. I hope they compete. You think they have a losing record this year? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, they might be the number one pick in the draft next year. What if What if McCaffrey and them boys stay together and they insert Baker? You think they could do be okay? If they if he can stay healthy, they can make it interesting, but they still going to go 6 and 11. They still gonna go six and I just don't see it, bro. You are, bro. I just don't see it. Okay. Maybe that Thursday night football game when it's Atlanta versus the uh the Panthers. <laughs> I definitely be watching what's on NBA on TNT that night. Hey. Or 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> or probably I go watch Batman Begins again. You or crazy. something of that nature. I'll see what's on Disney Plus. Because I won't be watching the Panthers and the Falcons. I feel you. All right. Okay, 10 <laughs> But yeah, overall, uh, you know. Hopefully the division is more interesting than what we lead on, but I think me and you both agree. Saints, Bucks, mm-hmm. gonna come down to those two teams. Gotta watch the Bucks closely this year. Then it's gonna be a tougher role for them than the previous two. Um and what, go ahead. And, and your your reason for saying that it'd be tougher for them, is it because of the the way the schedule looks or them not having certain pieces that was there last year and they don't have this year? It's a, it's a mixture of both. Okay. Because you, you, you're going to miss Gronk. You're going to miss Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, Brady's going to miss those pieces. Now, he got Kyle Rudolph, I think, out there filling out uh, at tight end. Yeah. Big big body tight end out there. He's going to create some opportunities. Serviceable serv- 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 tight end. Guy. Yeah. yeah. And then you got uh, hey, OJ Howard. Ain't he still out there with the Bucs? Uh, OJ Howard went to Buffalo. That's right. He did go to Buffalo. But then on the outside, I mean, you got Julio Jones. Can he stay healthy? Now, he's been working with... Tom Brady's physician and trainer out there, so pliability. That's yeah. what Julio Jones is doing. So you think still, you think Julio still can give you something at his age now? If Julio is healthy, <clears throat> he can produce. I think he'll produce. So if you get a, if you get a healthy Julio, let's say he plays what? Let's say he played fifteen games. You think he could? Yeah. You think they could win this division like that? Julio gonna get a lot of one on ones this year. Think so? I think so. Mike Ooh. Evans gonna get the attention. Yeah, he yeah. gonna get the attention. Yeah, and then when they get Chris Godwin oh, back, Chris, man, that's gonna be the thing. Yeah, Chris, yeah, Chris, Ooh. Chris Godwin. If he can get back, which he, he is, gonna get back, which he's slated to come back. They say he could miss, could miss the first month of the season just to make sure his knee is good because he's been cleared to run mm-hmm. and do it. So he's out there doing his thing, but he's no no contact yet. Okay. So once he gets clear, you assert him, and if Julio and Mike Evans are healthy, uh, and they took oh they lost the uh, center. They're starting center guy. Oh, he up. he told it. He told yeah, ACL. Yeah, he's out. Oh, he's out. Man. He's I was out. waiting for them to bring that down yeah. when they dropped that. I think that was last week. They dropped the next day. Oh, he man. got rolled up on. I think that they don't quote me, but I think they said he would be out indefinitely. But they didn't deem him out for the season just yet. One thing we didn't touch, and I know we finna move on real quick. I got to ask you, Leonard Fournette. Does he have to have a big year for them? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Lena Finette should be shaming herself. It is absolutely nasty how he showed up to camp. Did you see that picture of him the other day standing on the sideline with his, belly, with his belly over his football pants? He had that looking chunky and they talking about it was Photoshop. That wasn't no Photoshop. This man was in New Orleans in gumbo every night. Wasn't doing nothing in the offseason. Sad. He came to training camp like that. Look, bruh. <laughs> Brady loves his teammates. It's no secret that he loves Leonard Fournette. Playoff Lenny is what he calls him. Mm-hmm. That boy better get right. And I'm talking about quick, fast, in a hurry. That is nasty that he showed up like that. Do they need him? They have a big Absolutely. Okay. They need him in the trenches, and they need him to catch that ball at the backfield, and they need him picking up the blitz to protect Tommy. Linda Finette, he is an important piece of this offense. Mm-hmm. But how he going to do that with cheeseburgers in his belly? <laughs> you crazy. You a National Football <laughs> League running back, and you play with Tommy. <laughs> you I can't need- be going to Whataburger on the way to training camp. I know Tom had a few words for that, boy. You know he did. <laughs> You know he did. So, yeah, yeah Lena Finette is very, very important. But come on, bro. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. You're a professional athlete, man, getting paid millions of dollars. You show up to train the camp like that. <laughs> you got Tom coming out of retirement. Tom done left Giselle and the kids at home again. <laughs> and he done came back down here. You got out here with your that belly boy, over your football pants. That boy on the sideline brushing his teeth. <laughs> he brushing his teeth. Bro, look at his stomach, bro. <laughs> Come on, playoff Lenny. got to stop, man. Yeah, he got to tighten up. But, yeah, he important. He's definitely, definitely an important piece. All right, so that's going to wrap up our coverage of the NFC South this week. Um, sorry, Carolina Panther fans and Atlanta Falcon fans. We told you who you got on your team, and that's pretty much all you got right now. Uh, if you guys improve and have a good season, you'll get more coverage on the sports desk. So, Saints, Bucks, I'm just going to keep it real. That's all that we're looking forward to. What's, that, what's the guy on uh? Uh, the Atlanta guy on Twitter who always sent us stuff. I can't remember his name, man. He loved the Oh, love. yeah, man. He, he going to be like, oh, man. He gonna yeah, we're going to hear something. from him on Twitter, man. He, he changed his Twitter name from time to time, so I'll be forgetting. <laughs> but we definitely going to hear from my man on Twitter. Shout out to you, bro, for sure. Um, yeah, so before we wrap up, man, let's get into the Sports Desk Fantasy League. We will be rolling it out again this year. Now, Black... The decision has been made, my boy. The decision has been made that Black will be allowed to defend <laughs> his champion, his back-to-back championship yeah, in the Sports Desk Fantasy League. It was under it's major a great discussion day. It's a great day. for Black to be removed completely <laughs> from the league, but Cooler has prevailed to welcome Black in, and it's only right that he gets a chance to defend his championship. Ah, uh, thank you, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, so I man, don't want I want to lose it to somebody I wasn't isn't wanting in the league. So I fair. thank you. That is fair, sir. Yeah. That is fair. So we're gonna come up with uh, some prizes and everything once again uh, to roll out uh, for the fantasy league. We'll be introducing the format of the fantasy league. The invitations will be rolled out. We're gonna go through Yahoo yet again. Uh, me and Black could get together and just kind of determine everything. So. The Fantasy League will start really getting it going preseason, really begins this Thursday, right? 
Uh, or next Thursday. Well, that's Hall of Fame. So next Thursday. So next Thursday, official. Yeah. Uh, official preseason. All right. Yeah. So the draft most likely is going to be the week of August the 29th. The first game is on the 1st. So normally we have our drafts on that Friday or Saturday. So tentatively, August 26th, August 27th is when the draft will be okay so we'll introduce more details as we get closer but to answer people's questions yes fantasy league will be back it will be a larger league we're gonna go big like we always go the reason we do that is so more people can get in we can have fun and experience can be great uh for everyone to be a part of the league so we usually do that 18 team league 16 18 team what did league. we do 16 last year i think so okay. i think so it was 16 18 that's what we're gonna do that again so on twitter Follow us on Twitter. That's where the invitations will roll out. If you know us personally, and uh, we'll roll out the invitations to you through that way. So it is coming the fourth annual. All right, uh, sport the sports desk fantasy league. Get ready to rock. Get ready to roll. Because I got a feeling this year I'm taking the crown. Mm-hmm. I got a feeling that it's gonna be me. Mm-hmm. I just got a hey, small. Uh, what if I three P? Then you out. You're out. <laughs> You're done, and you know, we'll do it the right way. You know, we, we in sports, you really don't see a three peat, so you know it'd be a special day. You know, you don't usually see three peats. Yeah, happen. it'd be a special day for you. Yeah, it'd be a special day for you. But I just let you know, we'll retire you. <laughs> we'll do it right. We'll formally retire you on a sports day. So we'll give you your just due, and you will no longer be eligible. <laughs> For the league. I will be eligible. You will not be eligible, all right? All right, man. So look out for the league, man. We'll definitely be rolling out soon, all right? So we hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed this week's podcast. Excuse me, all the content that we got. We got some stuff coming up, man. Me and Black got our heads together. Going to be rolling out some different style of content. The YouTube is coming. We're going to introduce some other things, man, as we get into football season. We we are all waiting for the ball to be kicked in the air, man, for the college ranks and for the pro ranks for sure, man. So be on the lookout uh, for that, man. Black, anything before we get out of here, sir? No, sir, man. Appreciate all the love and support that we get here on the sports desk. Y'all keep rocking with us, man. Big things coming. YouTube coming. College football about to kick back off. NS- NFL getting ready to go into the preseason. They're already in camp. Excited about what we got coming up. Y'all y'all can hit me on, on Instagram and Twitter at BlackNL3. Man, y'all hit me up. Let's talk about it. Yes, sir. You can find me at Dedrick Hicks Jr. on all platforms. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Holla at your boy. Let's chop it up. I'm all about that, man, for sure. All right, now. some <laughs> I had somebody hit me. Damn, bro, you ain't been on Twitter like that lately. Yeah, I've been chilling, man. Just getting ready for the season. I'll be back out there, man. Just getting ready, man. Sports is just kind of dead right now. That's the only reason I really be on Twitter, really. Is to talk sports, maybe some music, and then I'm really out of there, man. I don't really be with all that other stuff, man. So as soon as that ball get kicked up in the air, your boy will be back, and I'll be present for show. All right? So until next time, y'all be cool, be safe, take care of yourselves. Continue to spread the podcast around the sports desk. DM Blacks, your favorite sportsologist. Tell your uncle, tell your brother, tell your sister, tell your wife, tell your husband, tell your principal, uh, tell your pool man, tell the guy who work at your local Hardy's drive-thru, tell the guy who does the barbecue at the food truck on the corner. Let everybody know to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend that there's two new guys out here locally, nationally, globally. Talking that sports talk. And we greatly appreciate all the support, man. So thank y'all, man, for sharing the show. Showing love, man. It's just, it's just so, so dope, man. The love that we get each and every week for the show. Of course, we'll be back if we get some breaking news. But until then, man, y'all be cool. Be safe. 
Take care of yourselves, like I stated once before. And we'll see y'all on the next show, man. Listening to the sports no, desk. Hey, this reduce lunch sports. No, no, no. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk? You're listening to the sports show. New sports desk.